Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. This is your host, Christina Orlova. Here we talk about all things OCD. If you're looking for help, download my free OCD Survival Kit. It's packed with resources and bonus worksheets to support you on your journey. Go to www.coreresults.com. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Show. Today with me, I have Paul McCarroll, and he's back on the show. And he's an obsessive, uh, a OCD obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety specialist, therapist, and mental health trainer from Belfast, Ireland. As someone who has struggled greatly with OCD, Paul's story is unique, and he now works as a mental health trainer in the hospital in which he was once a patient. He uses his story to inspire hope, reaffirm that recovery is possible, and help clients to stop struggling and start living. Also, Paul has an act, is active on Instagram and more recently created a YouTube channel where he talks about ways that we can keep ourselves well. Welcome to the show, Paul. It's great to be back, Christina. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so I know you and I actually talked a little bit offline, you know, kind of the things that, you know, we wanted to talk about today um, is, you know, what could be some healthy alternatives to compulsions? Because as we know in OCD, compulsions truly are kind of the main thing that keeps that going. And we really want to learn how to change some of that behavior. So can we talk a little bit about and tell us about why do people who struggle with OCD do compulsions? Absolutely, Christina. And that's a a great first question. So obviously, I suppose many of your listeners will know what OCD is already, but just in in general, I suppose in, in very layman's terms, you know, when people have these sort of intrusive thoughts or could be difficult images these things that sort of show up sort of within the skin, within their body, within, within their minds, and they generally feel that they have to respond in this sort of compulsive manner. They have an urge to do a behaviour which deep down they don't want to do. And when they do that behaviour, when they do the compulsion, as an example, this could be something like someone has to say a phrase over in their head so many times to prevent something bad from happening. They will get short-term relief. They will feel better in the moment. But in the long run, they're almost teaching their brain that the only thing that prevented that bad thing from happening was doing the actual ritual, doing the compulsion. So they get short-term relief, but in the long-term, they feel they have to keep doing this. And that's that sort of cycle of OCD, which can become really problematic, where the person recognizes that what they're doing isn't helpful. And that's very unique about OCD and very, in my opinion, quite liberating in the fact that we know that what we're doing isn't helpful. But we need to then explore, okay, what are alternatives that we can do instead of getting into this compulsive ritual? Because it's difficult, it's challenging for people because people feel anxious. They get that bit of relief when they do the compulsion. But in the long term, in my opinion, you sort of get more stuck. You know? Yeah, and you know, as you're talking, I think one of the things too is that quite often, I know anybody listening, you know, it can be hard to think about, well, what else can I really do, right? Because I think there can be a lot of confusion as well around, you know, if I distract or avoid. um, And I think those are really common things people do, um, myself included, when sometimes my OCD used to be really bad, 100%, right? Or we'll go in our head and we'll try to ruminate and figure things out. Um, So I think that's an interesting line to discuss, you know, well, what could be healthy alternatives um, if then I'm not going to, you know, try to distract or avoid. So can we talk about that? And again, that's another great example because sometimes, you know, people's sort of default is, okay, well, if I don't do the compulsion, I'm just going to spend my time sort of doing a, a distracting behavior. And I suppose in and of itself, 
that's probably better than doing the compulsion. But in the long run, it can nearly become a compulsion in and of itself. So, you know, when you are struggling, the example I sort of gave there at, at the beginning was, you know, maybe that you have to say a phrase over your head, or sorry, in your head so many times until you feel right or until you feel that the anxiety will dissipate. Initially, someone will say, okay, well, the only way I'm going to get relief is by doing that. But I suppose this is where the, the psychoeducation comes in. In other words, the education around OCD in terms of, you know, what's happening there is if you believe that particular thought as biblical truth, as, you know, absolute fact, what are you going to do? You're going to react to it. You're going to say that phrase over in your head so many times until it feels right, until you feel less anxious. But part of this sort of recovery model, part of educating yourself about OCD is recognizing that in my experience, a lot of this stuff going off is false alarms. A lot of it isn't accurate. A lot of it isn't truth. And when we begin to see it more like that, that's where choice comes into the room, in my opinion. That's where you have this bit of wiggle room where, okay, this stuff isn't just here where it's all I can see. It's maybe, it's maybe here where the difficult thought, the difficult urge is still there. But you still have a choice now. You can put your attention somewhere else. You can choose to do a different behaviour. Um, but it's, but it is. It's a very good question. It's a fine line because distraction, you know, in my opinion, is a bit like going down to the beach and you have that beach ball and you put it underwater. As soon as you let go, that beach ball is coming up and it's hitting you in the face again. So you'll get short-term relief, but in the long term, the anxiety, the difficult thought back so it's more in my opinion acknowledging the thoughts there not treating it as fact and then choosing to do something which is important to you that's a wee bit different than distraction something important to you might be i'm going to actually play with my kids i'm actually going to go and do that assignment that i need to for my, my university course i'm going to go and socialize with my friends that's a wee bit different than i'm just going to you know, scroll through television to sort of distract myself. So, so when we talk about healthy alternatives, then um, would you say that that would be the the healthy alternative that would be for the folks to consider, or are there any other healthy alternatives that folks can do instead of compulsions? Yeah, and I think in terms of healthy alternatives, that for me is almost this idea of valued living. So, what do you actually care about? What are your values? What's important to you? So. Of course, that doesn't just happen overnight, Christina, as, as you will know from your own personal experience and, and probably from your practice with, with the clients that you, you work with, that generally when a difficult thought, urge, feeling, memory shows up, we sort of feel that we have to respond to it in a certain way, do the compulsion, do the ritual, maybe it's some sort of avoidance. But for me, a healthy alternative is more like, okay, this is showing up for me. I don't like it. I don't want it but I don't want this to dictate how I actually live my life. So as an example, for me, I've said before, might even said in your previous podcast that I would struggle with checking the numbers, primarily numbers three, six, and nine. So I could be, you know, driving my car and just by complete chance, the, the, the car in front of me may have a number plate of like QEZ369. Okay. And straight away, there's something within me shows up that I need to do some sort of compulsion. I need, and for me, the compulsion in that moment is trying to find a number plate with an even number. I'm sure it's the same in the US and Canada that pretty much when you look for number plates, you will find 
There's very few with just even numbers. Okay, yes. there will always have odd numbers. So basically, when I do that compulsion, I actually get stuck because it becomes never ending, and my solution nearly becomes the problem. So what I have learned to do in those situations is recognize I have this urge to do a compulsion. I have this urge to sort of minimize the anxiety, but I can choose to do something more in line with my values, more productive, more proactive in that moment. And sometimes it's very simply as I'm going to feel my feet against the floor. I'm going to feel my hands on the driving on the, on the steering wheel. I'm going to look at my surroundings around me. I'm going to focus on where I need to go. Okay. And over time, that may be a couple of minutes, five minutes later, the, the thought or the, the urge may have not gone away, but it's definitely minimized. So what I'm sort of teaching myself over time is that I can make positive choices to do behaviors which I want to do in line with what I care about and see that these urges, these difficult thoughts don't have to have that same intense hold, if that makes sense. Of course. Yeah. And kind of as I'm listening, one of the things that, and maybe people listening are also kind of thinking this, but um, kind of the word consciousness comes to mind, right? Conscious awareness, being really mindful and not mindful. Again, we're not talking about doing these things compulsively. We're not talking about, okay, I'm going to feel my feet on the floor um, in some compulsive manner for reassurance. We're talking about a decision, a conscious decision, because you are so acutely aware of the moment and what's actually happening. And in that moment, you are actively deciding to say, hey, I'm not going to put my conscious awareness on this. I'm going to put it back on right here, the present moment, kind of where am I? What's happening? Okay. And what's the next thing I want to do that actually matters to me um, so that I don't keep um, you know, g- giving my attention um, and allowing it to be, you know, hijacked by OCD, but I'm consciously making that choice to pivot and say, yeah, I still feel that, but I'm going to move forward. And that is a great point, Christina, and that's sort of what I was getting at. And it reminds me of um, the acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT metaphor called radio in the background. And, you know, I always say to clients that imagine you're maybe in a restaurant with a friend or a family member and you're enjoying your meal. But I can nearly guarantee you there'll be some music playing in the background, whether it's the, the going through the stereo or maybe it's a live band in the corner. But generally there's some sort of music when you're maybe out for your meal. And generally what happens is that the, the music plays, but we're so engaged in our meal, we're not even noticing that it's playing. We may tune in if it's a good song, if it's a song we really like, really familiar with. But generally, when we're eating our meal, we're focused on our friend, the conversation, the meal in front of us. But, but all the time, that music's playing. But we can, so, so similarly, that's very much like our own mind, that our mind will continue to play. Thoughts will continue to show up. None of us have any control over stopping that process from happening. But we do have a choice where, where, where we put our attention. Do we put our attention on that difficult thought, on that intrusion, on that sort of like idea that something bad is going to happen or do we put our attention on what's meaningful and important to us in the moment that could be in that situation, enjoying your, your steak or having that conversation with your friend, but recognizing that we have a choice where we put our attention. And what I personally like about that example is that it's not about turning the radio off. You know, we can't turn our brain off. We can't stop these thoughts from showing up, but we have that choice of where where we put our attention. And we can, and over time, that becomes very liberating because we always have that ability. And at times, your attention will go inward. You're human. 
It happens with me, I'm sure, Christina, it happens with you too. But it's always recognising that we have the choice to put that attention consciously back outward again on, okay, I'm having this obsessive obsessive thought, I'm having this compulsive urge, and I'm going to choose to do something which is important to me. And Love that. Me, and, you know, um, if I may, I, I think the other things with, with that conscious awareness, I, I think that's a beautiful, healthy alternative, 100%. Um, and I think, you know, just because I actually recently did a workshop with um, Jenna Overbow on Sneaky Rituals, you know, and we also talked a little bit about, and I think some of these are also healthy alternatives, things like, hey, if that's really difficult for you, because we, I think, all know, and let's acknowledge that sometimes when OCD kind of hijacks us, it can be really intense, and it can be really hard um, to, you know, be really consciously aware of, like, what we're talking about. And so in those instances... You know, I know that a lot of folks talk about, hey, then can I at least delay the ritual or, hey, can I at least do the ritual um, wrong or can I add something different into the ritual that I wouldn't normally? So really looking at any way, even, even in the smallest way that you can interrupt that pattern so you don't allow it to be this autopilot um, response that you just go right into, that you actually start to exercise and practice that choice point, like you said, um, to get in there and do something else. Again, not not just distracting, like I also have some professionals who, you know, will be will suddenly dive into work. Next thing you know, they're working 18-hour days. I'm like, hold on a second. That also can sometimes be compulsive. So, you know, anything can be a compulsion. So I think we have to just remember, you do have to be aware of what are your urges and learn what they are and then start to think of, okay, what could be healthy alternatives? Can I, you know, bring conscious awareness to this moment and be mindful? And if I can't, what can I do, right? Can I practice something maybe for five minutes? If, if you know, 15 or 20 seems too much and I can't do that, okay, I'll start with five. Or can I, like I said, you know, um, delay it, my ritual for a couple of minutes, right? Anything you can think of um, that will start to change that pattern, I think also might count as healthy alternatives. And Christina, that's that's a great point. And I think, you know, for many of the clients I work with, and, and even just people I generally interact with with on social media is, you know, generally some when, when their OCD is heightened and is almost overwhelming, it's very hard for them to sort of do any alternative. So is it a case of can we maybe even reduce the behavior that you're doing? A particular yeah. client I was working with recently would maybe spend, you know, an hour at the sink washing their hands, could visibly see that the hands were clean, but just had this urge to continue doing that. So for that person to go from an hour to zero, it's just just not doable. I mean, room wasn't built in a day, but can we look at, okay, maybe try doing it nine times this time as opposed to 10 and maybe sit with that anxiety for a little while, refocus your attention on something more wholesome and then check in. And if you still feel that the anxiety is at a level you have to do it that 10th time, that's okay. At least you've had a delay of 15 minutes or so to sort of show your brain that we still have a wee bit of choice here. You know, yeah. not so easy, but it's recognizing that, you know, for people, because OCD, as you know, there's that chronic element to it and it can feel overwhelming for people. And generally when clients reach out to me, they are at that sort of overwhelmed stage, but slowly but surely we can sort of teach clients that they can have these difficult internal experiences, whether it's those intrusive thoughts, those urges to do rituals, maybe 
difficult memories, etc. That we don't have to react like a puppet on a string. We don't have to do exactly what they say. And, and I always like that. And I don't know if you can imagine a puppet on a string, like, you know, you, there's no choice there. You just do what it says. Um, whereas the whole idea, I suppose, in my work is over time helping people to see my work is less about let's get rid of this difficult thought and feeling. It's more about how can we live a productive life even if this stuff shows up. Yeah. You know, and as you're saying that, so um, my last question with this, and which is when we're talking about stress, when we're talking about people feeling really tired, exhausted, burned out, you know, how does that play a role in their OCD? And again, Christina, another great question. I think it's, in my opinion, in my own personal experience, in my own recovery journey, when I have been overwhelmed, stressed, tired, a lot going on, I find the the urges, the intrusive thoughts sort of ramp up in intensity. So I think they generally go hand in hand. The more stressed you are, sort of more exhausted. And sometimes you can just be exhausted. Christine, I work with people who, who maybe don't work or who aren't in education, and they're exhausted just with being with their own minds. So... A big thing which I practice, and I encourage my clients to do the same, is this whole idea of self-care. You know, I will often say that, you know, the reason we have a neck is to sort of keep our body and mind connected. So your physical and mental health is very interlinked. So sometimes when you, if also looking at your, you know, maybe speaking with your GP and looking at your medication, if you take some maybe having a treatment plan with a therapist, but sometimes it can be looking at what I call the three pillars, things like exercise, nutrition, sleep. What are those things like for you? And if most people are being honest, a lot of the time, we don't get all three of those right. But is there one area we can sort of work on? You know, maybe you recognize you get the lunchtime and all you've had is a cup of coffee. Can you actually try and have a wholesome breakfast in the morning? Or maybe you've gone half of the week and you realize that, you know, I, I haven't even went for a walk, never mind went for a run. Can you do some sort of physical activity? You know, and, and those things over time can help to improve how you feel. Um, and sleep's a massive thing, Christina. I know I, I have a three and a half year old son um, and he, he spends some time with me and he's only now beginning to sleep better. But those times when he wasn't sleeping so well, I'm sure many parents can, can resonate with this it was harder to manage my own stuff because I was just tired, you know? So I think it's, it's. I suppose when I'm saying it's okay to be tired, it's okay to be stressed, but when you're feeling that way, let's ramp up the self-care. Let's ramp up, you know, looking after ourselves because it'll make things that bit easier to manage. I love it. That's a great point. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, for anybody listening today, how can they find you? Christina, it's been, been a pleasure. Um, so my um, website is BeFreeFromOCD.com. Pretty much that's, that's my, my hashtag, really. So Instagram is the same, BeFreeFromOCD. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, I'm recently on YouTube, um, and that's also at BeFreeFromOCD. So I'm always um, looking forward to, to reaching out and, and speaking to, to my followers. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Christina. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you want to take your recovery journey to the next level, our online class, the OCD-free ERP Mindset, may be the right thing for you. It features video lessons, journal prompts, and worksheets designed to help you break the OCD cycle. 
Access it now and start thriving today at www.coreresults.com forward slash e-learning. All links are in the show notes.